0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology.
1: They have tons of innovative products, like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com.
0: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. It's 105 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, and Brendan Escott with you. Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Hugh Porter and the gang at Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. You can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline at 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. Open 24-7. More chances to play. More chances to win. And you can text us you are Texas. On the Ashley Fine Floors tax line at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Get the new floors you've always wanted at Ashley Fine Floors, one hundred forty third Street and one hundred eleventh Avenue. Open Monday to Saturday. We're on Twitter at Owners Now. You can tweet me personally. Bob underscore Stoffer and Brendan is at Brendan uh, Brendan with two Es, Scott with two Ts. We will tell you, Japanese Village. Open a survey at any one of their five Edmonton and area locations featuring Japanese A5 Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. All right, we are going to head off to the River Cree Resort Casino and uh, Hotline and be joined by David Staples from the Cult of Hockey's also a political affairs columnist for the Edmonton Journal. No, he is not... Uh, the uh, press attache uh, for the UCP, contrary to what uh, some of the, uh, I won't say center-left, some of the left uh, listeners of the show think at times. David, how are you doing? Good, Bob. How are you doing? Good. By the way, what did you think of uh, the course of action that the federal government has taken here during the the blockades and that sort of thing? Well... For
1: the first time in my life, Bob, today, I had this weird thought that something that I might say or tweet could get me arrested. And I don't know if that's in fact the case or if that's just paranoia. But I'm damn sure of one thing, that in, this, in, a, in a free and just country, people should never have to have that thought. So I'm not thrilled with the kind of extreme reaction i think that we're seeing in ottawa i understand you have to the police have to find a way to crack down but they they solved the problem in alberta they solved it on the border um on the bridge in ontario without this emergency power so i I just think it's a bit of an overreaction
0: yeah uh and we're clearly headed are 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 we in the endemic stage right now with this thing david
1: i don't think um that most uh Public health experts would say that, but uh, they issued a joint statement: the public health officers, the chief medical officers of Canada, that that uh, were, we seem to be heading in that direction, um, of getting to the point where COVID isn't a pandemic; it's just like um, pretty much every other disease.
0: Okay. Well, and I know there's a lot of people at work in the in the health industry that are trying to battle their way through it, and uh, we've we've still got a lot of continuing challenges. Uh, we will say that. Um, the active case rate has dropped significantly in the last month. That's the good news. There's still a lot of people at ICU and in the hospital, uh, in, in part because of the variant uh, that came uh, forward with Omicron. That's us uh, switch focus, David. Since we last had you on, the Edmonton Oilers made a coaching change. We heard from Brian Lawton, who has a personal connection to Dave Tippett. Uh, you run the numbers. From your perspective, are we seeing something different here over the last three games than maybe what we were seeing before?
1: Well, we we saw it under Woodcroft, we've we've seen two really uh, close games in terms of Grade A shots, and one game, the San Jose game, the Oilers were pretty dominant. So the other two games could have probably gone either way. Um, but the so the you know the three and O record is a little bit flattering to the Oilers, but they have been good. And what I've noticed, Bob, and you might have noticed this, it, the same thing in the last, at least in the last, probably the last four or five. 10 games with Tippett. The Oilers were just suddenly giving up a lot of two-on-ones. A lot of odd-man rushes. And um, Last game, last night against Los Angeles in a fairly close game could have just been the nature of the game a tight-checking team against the Oilers, but they have cut that. They cut it out. I don't remember one... um, odd man rush that the kings had and this you know in the last games of tippet they were giving up four five six a game it was just it was bizarre how the order's defense seemed to have broken down and everybody was confused on the rolls now they're not they're still giving up slot shots every team does give up those grade a shots from the slot but you know they they've been cutting down overall they've been doing a better job defensively of just um cutting down on grade a shots against they seem to i don't know if it's just a new coach and everyone's listening to the coach on what you're supposed to do defensively or if he has a simplified system uh in place that's uh more easy for the players to follow but they have been playing better defensively
0: yeah uh i believe statistically the orders were giving up more odd man breaks than any team in the league uh, Uh, when the coaching change had occurred and that's not going to help your goaltenders with that and to me there's a couple things uh Third guy high. You're seeing that a bit more, uh, yep. so that you know that forward can support the defense. They're asking the defense to uh, gap up and not give up as much time and space as teams enter the zone. The only way you can do that is if you have backside pressure from your forwards coming back. And, David, that's the first thing they worked on in practice Friday last week when the new coaching staff started with uh, Jay Woodcroft and with Dave Manson. It was the first thing they did on Friday, and then they revisited that. And there were not a lot of media at the practice on Saturday, but – they revisited that on Saturday as well and spent a good portion of the first half of the practice doing that as well. So I found that interesting that there seems, and it, and it is baby steps because they haven't had a chance to have a lot of full practices. Today is a CBA-mandated off day for the uh, Edmonton owners. Again, the team didn't get in. Uh, we didn't get in last night until uh, just after 4.30 a.m. So it was a, a, a late return from Los Angeles. Um so that's that's one of the one of the things. What, what are your thoughts, and how are your readers in terms of the deployment of the eleven and seven? People seem to be excited about
1: that, but you know, it's the, it's a new coach, and they're three and zero. So we'll see how that goes over time. Um, it strikes me, Bob. You know, in terms of the priority, it's. It's interesting that Holland has waited to make a trade. You know, he didn't, when the orders were so bad, he didn't go out and get a goalie as many people wanted. And it seems like the priority shifts a little bit. Um, you know, it looks to me, though, they're going to need a veteran left-shot D-man. And the question is, is that going to be a bigger priority um, than getting a goalie. So you're running these 11, or excuse me, 11 forward D, and a lot of the players are younger players on defense, Bouchard and and Broberg and uh, Nima Leinen, uh, Lagason, who's playing his best hockey, Nima Leinen, who's playing his best hockey, um, Bouchard and Broberg, they have some defensive, as a partnership, they've had a few iffy moments in recent games where they've been beaten pretty badly. So, it just strikes me that there's still there's still a lefty short, and that may be moving to the top of the list, possibly if Mike Smith keeps playing well. Um, might move to the top of the list in terms of what they really need to spend that, their assets on at the trade deadline because seven D, but there are, a lot of them are really young, and you're going to need some. Uh, you need a veteran. Well, they are going right? to get a veteran back because they're going to get Duncan Keith back. Yeah, he's also been pretty high event on defense. Like, he's done
0: a lot on the attack, but he's given a lot. Well, on and my theory, so, my so theory, me, Dave, go ahead. my theory on, sorry for cutting you off, and I'm going to give you the floor for two minutes. My theory on Keith is he was the one guy that was gapping up, that wasn't giving up the blue line, because that's how he played in Chicago. And... He didn't have the kind of support that they've had over the last three games since he's been out. The forwards maybe weren't directed or as committed, interpreted any way you want. And I, I so I, I, I do kind of look at this going well. If you have Nurse playing, capable of playing twenty-two to twenty-four minutes, and Keith capable of being twenty, playing twenty, then you need your third pairing left shot D to play twelve to fourteen. Could Anima Line and do that? And I'm yeah. sensing that you think maybe they need to go outside the organization. Well, let's. Uh, with Keith, I think what you, you made a fair comment, and I think this was an issue for all
1: the defensemen. The Oilers, especially in the last 20 dozen games of Tippet, they were not like, players were just charging right through the neutral zone as fast as could be, without anyone meeting them there and angling them. I mean, this didn't happen all the time. It happened now and then. So they just come charging in full speed on Duncan Keith and the other D-men. And Keith was getting beat in those situations, but I also, what I would also say is he's also beat down low quite a bit. Like, he's he has struggled. Now, he's gotten better as the year's gone on, on on he's played better defensive hockey made fewer mistakes on grade a shots against as the year has gone gone on so um Maybe he is the answer, and he is a veteran. He's getting used to his team. He's going to have to get used to a new coach and a new system again, slightly new system. But I, you know, he might be the answer. I'm not saying he isn't. Nima and has been exactly what the Oilers have needed in terms of his a physical presence. You don't know what you don't have until you actually see. The, you start getting it. You start getting those big hits, and you think, oh, geez, the Oilers have just missed this so badly um, this year, and this guy's exact. He's he's doing it, and, it, and his his career, Bob, is fascinating because as a junior hockey player he didn't hit like that I watched him at the time and he was a a big tall guy who could really skate fast but he wasn't the physical player that he is now he's really added that to his game to his credit uh, to try to make a mark in the NHL and he's doing it so it's in, you know you could have him, you have Chris Russell, you've got Lagos who's playing his best hockey. There's all these different options, and there's Duncan Keith coming back. But if you want to win, if you want to compete for the Stanley Cup this year in the playoffs, and the Edmonton Oilers do want to do that, I think they're going to have to bring in someone who will compete with Duncan Keith um, for the second left-pairing role. And if, if Keith gets injured or Nurse gets injured, as often happens in the playoffs, someone you can, you can just fit right
0: in there. Well, I have a guy. Who is it? I mentioned him before, Carson Sousi, and I mentioned him because the easiest thing is to target an organization that is in a little bit of duress. You know, like it's funny. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked. You know, even even the the sort of the role to open up the show talks about the fact. Ken, uh, if you're in the top eight, would you move the first round pick for a player with a contract carrying forward, meaning a, a player left with term? And uh, in the last week, uh, reports Frank Cervelli put out that Brandon Hagel, the Chicago Blackhawks, were were getting, uh, you know, calls on him for a first-round draft choice. And that's, that's totally a Tampa Bay move. They would look at Brandon Hagel the way they looked a couple of years ago at uh, – Blake Coleman. And yeah. We talked about Blake Coleman before Tampa got him that year. And, I, I mean, if I'm looking for immediate, sort of a medium-range price defense. Now, there are some people that don't think that Susie's actually that tough. Um, I think the numbers would suggest, based on how poor it's gone in Seattle this year, that he's, he's he seems to hold his head above water in Minnesota and in Seattle. That, to me, is probably a pretty good sign. Now, maybe they've just got him perfectly slotted, David, but there's the, like, I just look, I mean, there's a team, you wonder whether or not you know, would they be open, they're they're not going to make the playoffs, and they haven't built the team the way, now maybe this has all gone as planned, I don't think they they thought they were going to have the, the worst goaltending in the NHL, the worst save percentage in the league but Susie's a guy that does have some physicality that's got a decently priced contract what are your thoughts on him? You know, I haven't watched him enough,
1: Bob, to, to to have really an informed take. And and I would wonder about the price of a player like that.
0: Look, what, what's it going to cost? Fair now, comment.
1: I, uh, there's Sherrod in Montreal. He's been injured. I understand. I
0: just they yeah, want they sure. want a first round draft pick for Sherrod. I think that Seattle might be looking at something different. Suces in year two of a three year deal at two point seven five million. Uh, he's plus seven this year. He's got six goals and 13 points in 33 games in Seattle. He The last two years in Minnesota, he went plus 16 and plus 22. I know people don't like – here's the thing. If you're – every year you're minus 20 year after year after year, Houston, that's a problem, okay? If, if you're continuously plus, that's probably a pretty good sign. That's, that's what I would say. You know what I mean? Well, Chris Russell, all those years,
1: you know, he had bad – Underlying numbers, in one sense, that you know, his Corsi and his Fenwick, you know, just the shots at net, uh, were always negative. But when you looked at his plus minus over that same pretty time period, pretty good. Like, and, and and again, over one year, it's it's kind of meaningless almost, but over five years, six years, seven years, if there's a trend where you see the, the low Corsi but the high, uh, goals plus minus every year, then you start to put a lot You over five, six years, you, you can put weight in that stat, I believe.
0: So Susie's at fifty point seven on the Corsi. And 51 and a half on the Fenwick. Alexiak's got the same numbers as him, uh, and Giordano has uh, slightly better numbers, and Vince Dunn has better numbers. Now, uh, now let's. Now I'm going to go check out zone start, and there you go. Susie is uh, 52% defensive zone start, and those other guys are in the 40s. So that might be enough right there to sort of skewer the numbers a little bit. I don't There's know, like the, flag, yeah. like I mean, you're. And he's bigger. He's six foot five. He can be physical. A bit of a late bloomer. Uh, left shot, but can play both the left and right side. He's from Viking, Alberta. Is he better than Alex Petrovic? <laughs> That's my question, Bob. Like are he, that are sounds you... a lot like Petrovic, right? Like uh, and who came in and really couldn't get the job done.
1: So. Oh, I, I, I mean, Alex, Alex, Alex,
0: Alex Petrovic did not have this guy's body of work over the last couple of seasons like by the time Edmonton got Petrovich, he was on the yeah. down cycle and Florida had made a mistake protecting him. And I I, I want to be careful because Alex is a good guy, okay but he I would say that there's there's like Susie like Petrovich might be a, a better fighter, but I would suggest to you that the numbers indicate that Susie's probably the better player.
1: Well, uh, you know, you were right about uh, Nathan, is it Nathan Baston? Bastion, in. yeah. Yeah, he, he was. he's turned out to be a pretty good pickup for uh, New Jersey. And that's, so.
0: I mean, Seattle, I know why, I'm going to tell you right now, because I've got friends in Washington, Washington's going to make a deal here with Seattle shortly. Okay, there's a deal coming within the next week to 10 days between Washington and Seattle. Seattle's going to start moving some guys out, and they're going to look for picks and prospects. So... um how well, about Adam Larson? Pardon me? <laughs> How about Adam Larson? He's had a tough year. He's yeah. That ship has sailed. And it's yeah, not Edmonton's I fault, know. but it became Edmonton's problem. Yeah,
1: he's not coming back. But, man, that's the guy that we're missing. How's CeCe played for you here over the last – I mean, Cody CeCe's played good. pretty well, David. Yeah, he, he has been good. He's been consistently good all year. There's two really reliable defensemen on the Oilers right now, Darnell Nurse and um, – Cody Cece. Never thought I'd say that at the start of the year. I, I had no idea, just like I have none about Rudy Carson Cece. So I'm not, I, I just am careful about talking about players that I don't watch very, very closely. But he's come in here and he's just been solid, steady, reliable, and they, they uh, move him up and down the lineup. They move him in all kinds of situations. He's just a solid... He's solid at every single aspect of the game while excelling at none of them, I would suggest. Uh, I like his play. He's, he's, and he's at, at uh, what is it, 3.25 a year? 3.25 yeah, million yeah, a year. Yeah, yeah. Value, contra- value contract. I think he's, he's giving them more than an average defenseman. He's playing in a top-four role, and he's succeeding succeeding it. So uh, that's a good contract. That was a good
0: signing. All right. We're getting heck here from the listeners. When are you ever going to get a right stopper? Susie is from Irma. Not from Viking. Uh, hockey <laughs> reference has him listed as being from Viking. Maybe he was born in the hospital in Viking. I don't know. We played Wainwright Irma David in uh, Bantam Provincials and uh, uh, knocked him off. Guess who got the GWG and OT? Fan wrist shot. It was a beauty. <laughs> Uh, final one for you and I, I asked Brian lot this question uh, I, Speck wrote a piece last week and circled back to McDavid drysettle and uh, and Darnell Nurse uh, made an inference that McDavid couldn't carry uh, Crosby's jock defensively or something to that effect when it turned out that since December uh, Connor McDavid's been Edmonton's best defensive the orders have been scored on the least five on five when McDavid's been on the ice based on minutes wide uh, so that was an interesting comment Are are your thoughts that there's culpability in the order star players for uh, having a, a coaching another coaching change?
1: Well, two thoughts from from the, how I look at it in terms of McDavid's contributions to Grade A shots. He, although he wasn't scoring at all or very much, he was at the level of a fourth line scorer until recently. In 2022, he just was in a bad slump, but it was mainly puck luck and, and hot goaltending. When you look at his his underlying numbers in terms of Grade A shots, he was playing he was creating as much as ever on the attack, and he was better in his, in that final month um, of Tippett's uh, coaching than he. He had been previously so he had picked up his play like he was not he was not in any way slacking off or he's no, he was not in any way responsible i don't think other than the fact he had some bad puck luck scoring for the Oilers slide uh in that time period he was playing well in in terms of a two way His production wasn't great. His performance was good. But, Bob, every single Oiler, from top to bottom, and Leon Dreisettle, Darnell Nurse, and Connor McDavid included, had to pick up their defensive play. Has to do better. They simply have to. So to single them out no but to say that they're part of the problem yeah they, they're all part of the problem darnell nurse was really erratic uh super high event lots on lots good lots bad he's got to seal it down as a defensive hockey player dry does too mcdavid does so completely fair for specter to say they're not doing enough defensively that's true but it's not just them it was everybody there was it was a it was a big a, bit of a defensive disaster which is hard to fathom with dave Tippett as a coach a defensive you know reputation Guru. yeah but that's what happened they just they lost it and um i can see like right to the end i was thinking no they shouldn't make a change but that last game uh, under tippet it just seems like what is going on here they just have lost the plot
0: yeah. All right. Great stuff. Uh, we got lots of texts coming in, by the way, on Scott Mayfield as well. Uh, again, uh, you could text us at 780 496 0063. I'm getting clarification. Apparently, Spectre said he couldn't carry his equipment bag, not his jock. All right. So, I thank you for that. That's an important thing. I'm glad that uh, uh, Mark's uh, personal uh, bodyguard is making sure that takes care of 125 in Edmonton. Uh, you're listening to letters now. David Staples, how do people follow you? Uh, at D Staples on Twitter thanks Bob excellent Uh, we will come back Uh, what are we going to get to oh I got to do the injury report because we have a development
1: hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels so whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today your savings are waiting
0: Go to your happy place for a happy
1: price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild.
0: Goal on that situation. And uh, we'll get to some of your texts on the Ashley Five Floors text line, 125 at Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, I'm Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Soffer on 630, Chip. Thanks, Darnell. Let's get to the Oilers Now injury report. It is brought to you daily on this show by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. It's funny, I saw Trent Brown play at James H. Brown when he played in college at the U of A. He was a cornerback, a kickoff returner, and wide receiver sometimes for the late Jim Levy. He was not a heavy hitter goes on and plays for the Edmonton Eskimos in the CFL. He became a heavy hitter as he got graduated to the safety position. Here we go for the Oilers. Miko Koskinen is off the COVID protocol list, back on the active roster. The Oilers have sent Stuart Skinner back to Bakersfield. I think he might be in the lineup tonight actually. Uh, they got a game against Abbotsford. Skinner is 8-0-2 this year uh, in the American Hockey League. A 1.97 goals against average, 928 save percentage. Duncan Keith, uh, still in concussion protocol. Chris Russell did not travel uh out with i believe a lower body challenge zach Cassian out four to eight weeks with a fractured jaw kyle turris was on the trip still technically on ir dealing with an upper body challenge Cars cost less in Wetaski, and that has been uh, the saying for a long time in these parts. Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaski are 10-time presence Award Winners for customer satisfaction. Right now, the best way for you to get a vehicle is to custom order one. Discounts available from both Brent Ridge Ford and Ford Motor Company on most custom orders. Get the exact equipment and colors you want. Reach out to our man, Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny and the gang, 1-877- 477-3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell and when we come back John Shannon our NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling
1: Oilers now with Bob Stoffer weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio 630 Chad